0: Hello, my name is Rebecca May Johnson. I'm a writer and cook, and this is my Substack. This week's newsletter is a note on reading Moira Davy, diary entries about selling sweets and hagelslag, two recipes for one and many, and eating notes, fridges and sweets. I have just begun reading Index Cards, a book of essays by artist, filmmaker and writer Moira Davey. It has been sitting in a bright pink and white striped paper bag from the bookshop where I bought it for several months, like a bag of uneaten sweets. I had wanted the book for some time, having watched her film Notes on Blue several years ago. The film begins with Davy removing her bra from underneath a T-shirt in her kitchen. She reads notes, pours gin, walks around an apartment, the kitchen, the bathroom, across a doorway. Early on, she cites a 1978 interview with German filmmaker Rainer Werner Fassbinder, filmed in his apartment in Paris, who said... The more honestly you put yourself into the story, the more that story will concern others as well. He makes a gesture towards qualifying honestly, but doesn't dwell on it. His point is about the somewhat paradoxical notion of the very personal and intimate having a wide resonance. I saw Davy's film when I was writing the proposal for the book I recently published and it was one of the many things that helped me write it in the way that I did, holding on to the significance of small movements, objects and feelings. Despite the importance of the film to me, however, what swung the book purchase in the moment was seeing that the title of the first section was The Fridge, and then that not only was the title The Fridge, but that it really was about a fridge and fridges, not a coy metaphor. The fridge then becomes a lens through which Davy perceives other things. The book is situated in a fridge centric universe. I was grateful upon reading further that we are brought back to a section also titled The Fridge at the end of the first essay with a revised understanding of fridge living or seeing through fridges. Selling sweets in the cinema last night. Two boys, maybe 10 or 11 years old. Each came up to buy sweets and drinks three times. First together, where each bought a different flavour of Aero chocolate, one mint, one orange called a, quote, Sherio due to its larger-than-usual size. One paid cash from the bottom of his shoulder bag. He apologised for taking a few moments to find his coins. The other had a bank card and cruelly tapped the machine. Then the other came up again and got a bag of popcorn. Then the other came to get something else. Then the other came up again five minutes later. I had thought they were with their families and perhaps were responding to orders sent from elsewhere. However, when we closed the shop before the screening began and I left the refreshment booth, I saw that the boys were unaccompanied and each of them had a pile of sweets and chocolate and popcorn and drinks at their feet. My friend bought me a box of Hagelschlag chocolate sprinkles from the Netherlands when she arrived off the ferry to stay the night. I mispronounced the name Hagelschlagel when she presented them to me, and her son gleefully corrected me. Hagelschlag! I said it incorrectly again, and he corrected me again with gusto. It's Hagelschlag, Becker! My mispronunciation is a relic from childhood when I ate them at the same friend's house when we were nine or ten. In the last month, I have eaten it with salted butter and sliced banana on toast, on top of apricot jam on toast, which I call the Sachertort edition, and on bread and butter. When a different friend stayed with me after travelling on the ferry from the Netherlands a few weeks later, I asked that she bring me another box of Hagelschlag so that I did not run out, and she brought a slightly different type in a slightly larger box. Apparently there are aisles of choice in the supermarkets there. I tweeted a photo of Hagelschlag on bread and butter and people responded with enthusiasm Ways they eat it, one incident of confusion about it being part of a birth celebration, and one disparaging comment about how much butter I had on my bread. Hagelschlag mixed into natural yoghurt is a 10 out of 10 dessert. Love Hagelschlag, especially with extra slagroom brackets, whipped cream, or eaten in the bedroom of a slag. I do love Hagelschlag. Beloved by the Dutch and served on little toasts to celebrate birth. No, measures are nothing like Hagelschlag. Excuse my bad pronunciation. My memory. I'm so sorry I realise my mistake now. In my defence, it was 12 years ago. Scattered chocolate bits versus coloured sugar bits. Yes, of course. No worries, I just had to play the know-it-all Dutchie. Thanks for reminding me. Lang geleden in 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 den Haag geluft ich. Sorry again for my bad pronunciation. Jell, Hagelschlag makes for the best breakfast. I like mine on untoasted bread, also with salted butter, Obs, Also delightful on bischwit, again. Sorry for my bad pronunciation. Ah, Hagelschlag. I have vivid memories of a Christmas in Holland many years ago where we kids were all given bowls of avocado with Hagelschlag for pudding and I was violently sick. Hasn't put me off, though. Planning on having any toast with your butter? Me. A little. A perfect meal for one. Last night I made myself a perfect meal for one. Everything about it delighted me, the ease of its preparation, the small amount of washing up, the flavour, its composition on the plate, the colours, how it fit into my day after a lunch of fish and chips. It was a pepper roasted with anchovy, tomato and garlic in it, then served on toast with a little gem salad covered in parmesan. Ingredients One long pointy pepper cut in half lengthways and de-seeded Three to four anchovies chopped roughly Two garlic cloves sliced thinly Two to three tomatoes cut into half-inch pieces Olive oil Buttered toast To serve, one baby gem lettuce washed and dried Parmesan, olive oil. How to make. One long, thid, thin red pepper, cut in half lengthways and de Each half filled with a few pieces of anchovy, pieces of cut tomato and slices of garlic and a drizzle of olive oil. Season with a little salt and a grind of pepper. I roasted them in the oven in a dish on a piece of tin foil until soft. Serve them on the buttered toast with any juices poured over from the foil. With a green salad of little gem lettuce with a little olive oil, salt and pepper, and then covered in grated Parmesan. Cod with chickpeas and aioli. I made this dish for two friends last week and both asked for the recipe so i thought i'd write it down here if i'd remembered to soak it i would have used salt cod but i forgot and used fresh cod which worked well the aioli mixes with a cooking liquid when you serve to enrich it into a delicious sauce for me it's not optional if making aioli fresh is a stressful idea you can use ready made or mayo from a jar, mixed and left to infuse with a clove or two of diced fresh garlic. We ate it with a green salad and bread, followed by peaches roasted in the pan with cream. I cooked this while we chatted, drank wine and ate crisps, and smoked prawns from Pinnies in Orford, which you can buy online, a few of which made it into the pot. And some olives. Serves four with some leftovers. Three tins of chickpeas and their liquid or 350 grams of dry chickpeas soaked overnight, drained and then simmered in fresh water for one and a half hours until soft or for less time in a pressure cooker. One onion finely sliced, one fennel bulb tough outside removed and finely sliced four garlic cloves finely diced one red pepper de-seeded and finely sliced one teaspoon of smoked paprika one tablespoon of tomato paste one glass of white wine four tablespoons of olive oil fish enough cod for four I use a side of cod cut into four meaty pieces of around one hundred and fifty to two hundred grams each, cooked with the skin on and then gently remove the skin when serving. Optional a handful of prawns or other seafood e g mussels, fresh or frozen or smoked. To finish lemon and a few tablespoons of roughly chopped parsley and one to two heaped tablespoons of aioli per person. Recipe below. Or use pre-made bought aioli or mix one to two heaped tablespoons per person of bought mayonnaise from a jar with some raw diced garlic. How to make. In a large, deep, heavy pan with a lid, add the olive oil and warm and add the onions and cook on a low medium heat, stirring every now and again to stop them catching until soft. This takes longer than you think usually. Then add the garlic and stir for a minute. Then add the fennel and peppers and stir in the oil and onions and cook until softened, but not browned. Then clear a space in the pan and add another tablespoon of olive oil, a tablespoon of tomato paste and the teaspoon of smoked paprika and sort of mash into the oil with your spoon and let it bubble a little. Then add the white wine to the pan and stir well and scrape the bottom. Then season with salt and pepper. Then add the chickpeas. Add enough liquid from your chickpea tins or liquor from cooking chickpeas you have soaked. Or water or fish stock if you have some to cover the chickpeas. Simmer gently bubbling uncovered for 15 minutes on a low heat. While this is simmering make the aioli recipe below or mix shop-bought mayonnaise with your diced garlic. Then taste for seasoning and add salt and fresh pepper to taste. Then gently rest the cod on top of the chickpeas to steam gently with, if using, a handful of any other seafood. As I happened to have some smoked prawns, I added a few of those in. Put on the lid and cook on a low medium heat, gently bubbling but not boiling, until the fish is flaking and any other seafood you added is tender and cooked. Then, garnish with parsley and a squeeze of lemon and serve. Give each person a generous helping of chickpeas and sauce, a piece of fish, with a big dollop or two of aioli. Allow the aioli to melt into the chickpeas. Aioli. Ingredients, serves four. Two egg yolks, two garlic cloves, finely diced pinch of salt. Extra virgin olive oil, roughly 150 to 200 ml or enough until it reaches the desired thickness. More on that in the instructions. Squeeze of lemon juice to taste. In a bottom of a bowl, add two egg yolks with the garlic cloves and a pinch of salt and mix up well with your wooden spoon. The, the garlic cloves are crushed. Then, drip by drip to begin with, literally, add olive oil, mixing well with your wooden spoon in between drips. Keep adding, cautiously, and mixing, and it will begin to get thicker as it emulsifies. When it is convincingly an emulsion, and your wooden spoon feels slower as you stir, you can be a little less cautious adding the oil, and add a bit more. When you have added approximately 150 to 200 ml of olive oil or have enough to feed your guests, taste for seasoning and squeeze in a little lemon juice to taste and adjust salt and add a grind of black pepper. Eating notes. A menu for a friend who lives around the corner made on a Tuesday night when I got very excited by cooking. I had been to the Orborough Food Festival on Saturday and there was a grocer with locally grown vegetables, including salsify, which is not always easy to find. The meal began with boiled, then baked salsify with parmesan, a dish made thinking of Jeremy Lee and his new book, which is on my Christmas list. Then, with extra plain cooked chickpeas and their cooking water, as well as leftovers of the cod dish, I made pasta e ceci to Rachel Roddy's recipe from her first book, Five Quarters. It's one of my favourite things to eat, a meditation on chickpeas and starchy textures. Finally, the breathtaking yet simple to make melting gooey chocolate puddings from Nigella's book How to Eat. Making them, you wonder how so many competitors on Masterchef, Struggle with chocolate fondants. They need this recipe. At a book talk I gave in Norwich last week, I saw the mother of a school friend I had not seen in around 20 years, who told me that if she were only allowed one cookery book, it would be How to Eat. A macaroni pie and a lasagna pie from an all-night bakery in Leith, Edinburgh bought for me by two friends, among the best things I have eaten. Halved peaches cooked cut side down in butter, sitting very snug in a frying pan until they browned a little, then poured over three tablespoons of triple sec or e.g. brandy and sizzle for a moment, then several tablespoons of sugar, half a teaspoon of cinnamon, half a teaspoon of vanilla extract, and half fill with water. Then cover the pan with foil and put in the oven for 30 to 40 minutes. Remove when peaches are soft but still holding their shape. The water and sugar make a caramel in the pan. Serve with Greek yoghurt, cream or ice cream. Save some to have next morning with porridge with a drizzle of peach caramel. A cold slice of potato, cheese and onion pie on the train in one direction. A pandan mochi filled with sweet bean paste on the train in the other. Thanks for listening.